Hello, and welcome back to Haters of Below Par Podcast. I'm your host, Dick Nixon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really I appreciate it. You know, in the words of Texas, we're back, baby. Um, good to be back. Good to be here. Got a uh, nice uh, guest here in the, uh, in the office, uh, the regular dude mover himself. So um, how are we doing today, big guy? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hey, pleasure being here, man. It's, uh, you know, been a while since we've done one. We got college football coming back. Some things are really going good here for us. So because of that, we're going to kind of run down, talk some, shoot some shit, talk some football. I mean, we got kind of a resident expert here, man. If I'm not, you know, go out to say, I mean, you did have a nice cup of coffee in the NFL. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I cut a steak or two. <laughs> cut a steak or two. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Eating some dinners with Ed Reed. All right. All right. Yep, yep. Yeah. I mean, certified dude mover. So. Absolutely going to be good to get some input, talk a little college football, shoot some shit. I mean, really, there's a couple things to go over. I mean, one of the things, you'd be blind and deaf. You'd be fucking Helen Keller if you didn't hear about fucking Bishop Sycamore. I mean, this shit's been nuts, dude, right right here in the great state of Ohio. I know. I can't believe it. The fact that a team can go on a football field at the high school level and have 19 or 20-year-olds on it blows my mind. Dude, so the funny thing is is that they had a – they had the new coach, because they fired the old coach because he was a fraud and going to be arrested and all that shit. The new coach came out and said, well, we're not a school. We don't have any curriculum. We don't teach kids. We don't do anything like that. So, all right, so the OHSA, whatever, Ohio High School Sports Administration, came out and said, doesn't matter. You can play them all you want. Basically, they said, you can play these guys, schedule them. It doesn't matter at all. We just won't give you any points for playoff seating, which brought me up to the fact is that I'm pretty sure the Bengals could go undefeated in high school basketball. <laughs> so, so why? I mean, that's like saying like St. Exact's into a warm-up game. We're going to bring down the the Browns. Like, what? I mean, you're playing a bunch of Al Bundys. Yeah, correct. I mean, let's be fair here. We would like to think the Bengals would go undefeated, <laughs> but I don't think their offensive line is protecting Joe Burrow that well. All right, how bad in your prime when you were 20 years old and in college could you have thrown around a high school defensive lineman? I would like to think very badly. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, dude, I could just I would like I would love to see that. Just dudes getting obliterated by this shit is absolutely I mean, I saw the the highlight from the game last year. Last year they had like a 330 pounds quarterback who was steamrolling dudes. Like he was looking for contact. Yeah, and then he was playing linebacker on the other <laughs> end and it was absolutely crushing people. I don't know how there was no Cairns up in the stands just <laughs> screaming down hatred towards this kid. Dude, I, I, I 100% agree. It's, it's absolutely absurd that these kids were living in a high school, stealing food from local grocery stores to eat. And at what point in time did they think like, shit, man, maybe this ain't worth it. Like, like this, ain't, this ain't the IMG Academy. Well, <laughs> what's confusing to me is one of the players came out and said they lived at a hotel for five months, but they weren't paying for it. <laughs> like the coach was writing checks that were being bounced. First of all, what hotel waits five months to kick people out because of bounced checks? Dude, I, I mean, literally, the audacity and the ability for this guy to run amok on these people is absolutely absurd. I, I mean, look, props to him. I mean, look, I... As someone who played, you know, minor league baseball afterwards, when I mean minor league, I mean, like, to the point where they paid for the bus ride to get there, and that was it. The hot dogs and concessions were on your own. <laughs> um, I, I understand delusions of grandeur, but at no point in time did I ever go out there and think, wow, that guy playing third base, he's a plumber. He hasn't played in 33 <laughs> years. We could probably beat a top D1 team. No, I'm like, dude, my high school team would whoop us by 30 points. Like, we're right. awful. Well, the more astonishing part to me is, Apparently, these kids were in this hotel room wanting to stab each other, legitimately stab each other. You can't take kids from inner city Columbus and mix them with kids from the five boroughs of New York. That's a little bit different. People think our city's tough. Nah, I I saw the documentary on DMX. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little different out there. (laughs) Yeah, that dude dude had bullet holes in his bedroom, and he's like, yeah, I got to crawl to get to bed. I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck? Dude, it's insane, man. So, got a lot of games to go through. I mean, look, I think, I think one of the first things to talk about is, I mean, so far I think the biggest surprise is, you know, you definitely got to look and see what UCLA's doing. I mean, Chip Kelly's in, what, year three, year four, probably yeah. on a hot seat. I mean, yeah. UCLA hasn't been very good at football since, let's say, the mid-'90s really back in the day. But yeah, but let's be honest. This is, this is a total UCLA move right now, right? 
they get a new coach, they get a couple years in, they have a great season. Next thing you know, you think they're going to start getting all these recruits. They don't because nope. they have USC in their backyard. And then they fall apart again, then they hire a new coach and go, go over and over and over. No, it is. Or their coach does really good. He gets some NFL gig he doesn't deserve. He's washed out in three years being a defensive coordinator for Coastal Carolina. Right. I mean, I look, I think the LSU victory was pretty good. I mean, plus the fact that, I mean, beating Hawaii, it's Hawaii. I don't think that you should, I mean, no offense, but you, UCLA from a talent standpoint should rope Hawaii every time. Correct. Also, one other fact, if I was some stud basketball, football, something like that, and I knew that I was going to the next level. I was guaranteed to just be the guy. Like LeBron James. If he had to go to college to play one year before they changed the NBA rules, why the fuck don't more of these guys go to Hawaii? I'd right. be like, bro, give me, all right, 12 months on a beach and not caring about my education because I'm going to get paid. I'll go out there. They're going to find me wherever I'm at. Right. I mean, shit, Rainbow Warriors, woo-ha, or whatever their thing is. Give me a lay and some sweet chicks. I'm down. I know. I, the sweet thing about Hawaii is, and a lot of people don't know it, the NCAA has a rule where you can only travel for your game the night before your game or the day before your game, and then you have to leave right after the game. Hawaii, you get a vacation every time you go somewhere because you get to leave two days in advance. Dude, that is that is kind of dope. Plus, it's freaking Hawaii, and it's expenses paid when you're out there. I mean, yep. I'm I, look, dude, I, let's be honest. If I went to the University of Hawaii, I'd be dead on a beach somewhere by now. But hey, it would have been a fun four days. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fun, fun as four days. So, so UCLA – plays LSU, right? That's the big one. That was one of the one of the games that came through. And I mean, by all accounts, they kind of controlled the game. I oh, mean, they absolutely did. I, I was shocked that LSU's defense, which is typically pretty consistent. I mean, from a cornerback level, they're 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 probably one B. I think Ohio State's gonna be with talent at corner on a year in, year out basis, but their defense is legit and They've got big enough guys that should be consistent. Their problem is their quarterback play is always atrocious. I mean, one year with Joey Burrow was fantastic, and look right. what it did. But they're inconsistent. I was surprised at how well UCLA was able to move the ball on the ground against them. I mean, that running back was legit. Yeah, they had they had really no issue with it the entire game. I think one thing that we forget about, too, being on the other side of the country is, yeah, the Pac-12 is not the greatest conference by any means. But they know how to play football out there. No, one hundred percent. I think I think the Pac twelve gets a bad rap because of how fa- how far and how fast UCL or USC fell off. I mean, right. There was there was three four years where UCLA was the best team hands down in the country. They were a juggernaut. I mean, they're they're Vince Young away from having one of the greatest teams of all time right. if he didn't ball out in that game, which was an epic game. I think the issue is is that they get the inconsistency. Oregon typically lays an egg. No duck joke there. Lays an egg when he, they get to the big game, right? When they get right. the national championship or the playoff, because that speed thing, they get wore down by bigger guys. Correct. I mean, when they played in that national championship against Ohio State, we physically just moved them up front, and they couldn't do anything. We were too big and too strong, and that speed wasn't working when you don't when you don't have any time to call a player. You're constantly at a third and eight, third and nine. Um, but I think the problem with the pack. The other thing is, is that. Washington's, they're hit or miss. Oregon State's a joke. There's a lot of mid-level talent right. in there, and the cream should rise the crop. But all the best thing, too, you've seen the shirts that UCLA's making now? Yeah. So Ed Orgeron comes in, he's like, hey, nice blue shirt, you pussy. Go Tigers. <laughs> and he's yelling at him. And now and now they're selling all these shirts. One of the guys named into enlightenment made these shirts that says Pussy Blue. <laughs> and and then it says that. UCLA underneath it. I love that. Like, hell yeah, way to capitalize. I mean, talk about that for a minute. I mean, being a former college, you know, Division One college athlete, I mean, having that NIL, how do you think that'll change things? Oh, I think you're going to see a massive gap between the Ohio State's, Alabama's, Clemson's, and then the lower level Division One schools. You're going to have kids who they don't they don't want to go to the lower lower schools, even if they think they're going to get more playing time. Because think about it, the the freshman who just came in for Ohio State, the corner, the quarterback. Just signed a $1.3 million deal. Dude, he got a sick-ass truck. Yeah, super sick-ass sick truck. truck. Who's gonna, that kid can never step on the field at Ohio State, and he's a millionaire. Now, I'll tell you this, though. I mean, being at a, you know, being at a mid-major, if you were the dude, I mean, hey, there's a couple of local car dealerships. You want to give me some? You want to give me a free ride? I'll do all the commercials you want. Hey, um, I was seeing the um, – maybe it's the quarterback at Pitt. So the quarterback at Pitt, the first thing he did is he's like, he's like I used to take my offensive lineman out once a year. It was all I could afford. You know, I was a broke-ass college kid. First place he went was to a nice ass restaurant. It was like, I'll do advertisements or whatever. Cover me a meal for these five guys once a week for free. Don't pay me. 
So right. now they get to go in, whatever they want, all they can eat. He takes them to a nice steakhouse every week after the game, which I thought was pretty dope. I'm yeah, like, it's right, amazing. Feeding the guy back. But that's a good way to not profit, but also be able to do something that way. I mean, look, straight cash on me. I mean, pay me. I mean, I'm yeah. down with it. I think it's great. I mean, I think it's great for the sport overall. There's a lot of people who don't. I think it is. I mean, these kids are making so much money for athletic departments that it's about time everyone got paid. Look, and I mean, look, Jeremy Pruitt's just pissed off because he was handing out McDonald's bags and got caught. I mean, now we're <laughs> right. doing it legit. It's not like these kids weren't getting kickbacks all the freaking time. I right. Mean, boosters would give you $50 handshakes left and right when you're the right Oh, yeah. Guy. Oh, so, yeah. No I doubt mean, about it. Yeah. I know many people who got who got those kickbacks. So, oh, yeah. Um, all right, man. Go to a, go to a couple, other, a couple other games here we got that came through. So... We'll leave some of the bigger ones till till later. I mean, Texas A&M, 41-10 over Kent State. Can't say that I'm really surprised about that because, I mean, can't read, can't write, Kent State. I'll tell you what, though. Kent State, um, for being a mid-major, they, they have been the favorite in the MAC this year. Really? They are the number one team expected to huh. get to the championship and win it. So they have a quarterback there that's supposed to be super good. Um, they, so ch- cheers to Texas A&M taking care of business. I know sometimes when a smaller school comes in, it could be it could be tough to to play those games, but they took care of business. They did. Kent State surprisingly has had a lot of famous quarterbacks, right? I mean, Josh Cribbs, Julian Edelman. Yep. I mean, um, uh, fucking um, Alabama's head coach went there, played football there. Um, Nick Saban. Yeah, Nick Saban went to yeah. Kent State. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so you know, I don't know if he was any good. Probably sucked. I mean, looks like he's a small guy. Um, another big one that was kind of shocking. Okay. Iowa State, who's getting all kinds of praise from the Big yeah, Twelve, right? Sixteen to ten over Northern Illinois. Another Northern Illinois, known for their defense, always. Um, let's be honest. Iowa State's getting all this attention because the Big Twelve has to give someone attention after Texas and Oklahoma decided to leave. We'll get into that conversation. I, I mean, <laughs> look, I my thing is though that. I think Iowa State is that perennial. They get a lot of hype towards the end of the season because they play really well against really good talent. Right. But they shit the bet against TCU and Kansas they almost lost to last year. I mean, dude, Kansas is – they're one of the most dog shit programs in all of college football. I mean, it's terrible. And it makes no sense. It makes no – I mean, their facilities, unbelievable. Campus, unbelievable. Basketball program, unbelievable. They put – it seems like they put no money into it, and they just don't care. They don't. I, I don't think they have the funding that they normally would. And the other thing that you got to keep in mind too is they haven't. They went to it. They won an Orange Bowl what eight years ago with Mark Mangino, that seven thousand pound freaking yeah. brontosaurus looking dude. Yeah, that guy too might have been the fattest coach I've ever seen coach football. I mean, <laughs> his chins had chins that had he had more chins than a Chinese phone book. <laughs> I mean, shit. Um, I mean, going through a couple more, you got. You got Cincinnati, 49, Miami of Ohio, 14. Miami of Ohio is not – they're not doing anything. They're trash. They haven't – I mean, everyone goes there to wear crewnecks and turtlenecks and all kinds of other stupid shit. Talk about a a mid-major program, though, where if you went and you're the man, you'll get paid. Cincinnati. That, no, absolutely true, and I think Cincinnati, you know, is trading in the right way. Luke Fickle's got them going. I think, I think too, a lot of times they get a lot of kids in state in Ohio, which has a good, you know, good high school football program that can go there, start right away, still get a, still get a chance to go to the next level. But not have to go through the rigors of battling and national prowess that's constantly recruiting on the level of, let's say, Ohio State right. or some of the other Big Ten schools in the area. They can walk right in and get some legit playing time. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, you know, that's always good. I mean, there's a couple other. I mean, let's see what else we got here. Oh, big one. Let's talk about the big one in the Big Ten. Iowa, 34. Indiana, 6. I mean, that was an 18-17 matchup in Iowa absolutely throttled their ass. I mean, can you expect Indiana to win a game when they can't spell their own name right on their jersey? <laughs> well, <laughs> look, I mean, I'd be I'd be that's what happens when you're repping Adidas. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Um but I was surprised at how inept their quarterback was cuz Penix was set to be he was actually voted preseason to be Big 10 quarterback of the year contend for the silver football. That dude couldn't do anything. I mean, they couldn't block. They they were Less useful than a wet paper bag yes. playing up front. And, I mean, look, Iowa's Iowa. They're always going to catch somebody. They have some good games. They're never the cream of the crop. But, dude, they got some big-ass motherfuckers in that place. I mean, they got some linemen, tight ends, and they typically play a pretty stout bend-don't-break defense. I also under, don't understand, like, Kirk Ferentz has been there. I think, he, I think he was coaching there when my grandpa was in college in the <laughs> 30s. Like, I don't understand how this guy is still here. But, I mean, for Indiana, I just have to give him a big old – Oh, they're just terrible. That was bad. I mean, yeah. I mean, you play a team like Iowa, 
you better be able to block up front. And it's yeah. going to show if your strength program isn't up to par. I think the other thing, too, is I think Indiana, the allure they got was the fact that their only loss last year came to Ohio State. They played Ohio State tough. We only won by a touchdown. But at the end of the day, it's the same thing. I mean, it's Indiana. It, it, yep. It's a basketball school with minimal football prowess. I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, they. I think they – I don't know if they won their bowl game last year or if they lost. I, I can't remember. But I don't know the last time they were in a bowl game. And no. I, dude, I mean, they're just – they're kind of inept. Um, so let's talk about a couple of the big ones, right? Some of the some of the ones like that were really shocking. The fact that Montana, right, an FCS school, beat Washington. Washington was ranked number twenty in the country. They scored. It was thirteen to seven, which is a low scoring game. I don't really know the conditions, but I mean, I know Montana legitimately at the next level is pro- is a perennial playoff team that they're always kind of yeah. pushing through. But I mean. Washington, I mean, there was a couple years ago where Washington was in the playoffs, I think. Yeah, I mean, what an embarrassing loss. There's no, there's no other way to put it. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to the Pac-12. There's a reason that people on this side of the country make fun of the Pac-12, and it's because of that. You can't do that. No, I mean, the fact that Montana hadn't beaten Washington since 1942, and I think there was only one giant conference, and I don't know what the fuck it was called. But <laughs> I wasn't born then. But... I mean, the the fact that you just – the level of being able to recruit is is so terribly awful that, I mean, that just hurts you. I mean, next yep. year – I don't – so. A um, couple other games. I mean, Texas beat Louisiana 38-18. to 18. Texas, that's, a, that's a big game. Louisiana's good. They are Louisiana's good. Louisiana's really good. They are good. They are good. But, I mean, Every year we hear Texas is back, Texas this, Texas that. I mean, the fact of the matter is Matthew McConaughey putting people in the stands. No, Half these kids don't know what a fucking movie is. They never saw Dazed and Confused. They're yep. not their kind of vibe. Texas can't keep talent in their own state because they're inept. And I don't like – it's just kind of one of those things that I, I don't really understand why everyone is like Texas should be their Texas. I mean, money's great. But if you're not getting, if you're not putting kids into the league at the next level, at the end of the day, what do they really care about? I mean, well, I think that's the reason Texas is making that push to join the SEC and why they're ultimately joining the SEC is they've realized we need kids who can compete with kids who are going to be playing at the next level, and the only way to do that is to join the SEC. Yeah. All right. So let's 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 stay on that topic, and we'll go to the other game that I wanted to talk about: the fact that number two Oklahoma, right, number two in the country. Beat Tulane 40 to 35 at home. It was supposed to be a neutral site game, got moved to Norman because of the hurricane, and Tulane put 35 points up on them. I'm and a, they're supposed to have a, they were supposed to going into the season have a pretty good defense. Who? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, but that's, see, that's the difference, though. A good defense in the Pac 12 or in the Big 12 means you give up 28 points a game. Right. If Texas and Oklahoma continue to play the style of defense they have, they are going to get their shit shoved in. In oh, the SEC. Absolutely. Because, look, I mean, you just can't – you can't be – scoring 40 points a game is great. You can have the best offense in the world, but if you can't stop the other team from scoring, at the end of the day, this this isn't going to be like playing West Virginia. Right. I mean, you're not going to have 600 – I mean, Oklahoma State, great. They throw the ball 700 yards. That shit's not going to work when Florida, Georgia, Alabama, I mean, even Mississippi State, Texas A&M, those dudes come into play, they're – they're going to push your ass around when you can't hold Tulane to under 600 yards in a game. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that they know their first couple years in the SEC is going to be tough. I think Texas's big hope, though, is they're not going to lose the state as badly as they are right now because now they can make the argument, we're playing these schools. I Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, look, you want to – Schedule some harder non-conference games, too. I mean, I just – my thing is is that I – it makes – I mean, it doesn't – I understand, you know, money-wise why you want to bring those two big dogs in. I, I get it. But Oklahoma's been routed by these guys in the playoffs. Yep. Texas hasn't even sniffed this shit in the playoffs. They they lose big games left and right. And when you, you have this kind of stuff – and the, if you go to the SEC to just go to the SEC, you're fucking Missouri. Correct. I mean – I couldn't name you. The last dude I knew who played for Missouri was Chase Daniels, and he's been in the league for 12 years. Yep. 
I don't fucking know anybody else they have. Oh no, wait. They had that they had that one they had DN. that one. No, the yeah, Sam. Sam. Yeah, yeah. You probably got that jersey hanging on your wall. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was, was the SEC player of the year. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was that was a also a very awkward draft party. Yeah, it was. Um, but uh, hey, you know, <laughs> hey. <laughs> so we'll leave that topic for someone else to talk about. Uh, it's a family show. Um, <laughs> all right, Virginia Tech and North Carolina. I mean, that was a good game, but Sam Howell he blew it. He looked horrible. He looked awful. He looked absolutely horrible. And people were talking about him being a Heisman hopeful and things like that. Like, look, I like Mac Brown. I think he gives some credibility to North Carolina, who historically not a great program. No. Um, I mean, they've had they've had some legit talent. They, I mean, now granted, they lost a lot of guys. I think their five top offensive weapons all went in the league. And I know both of their running backs got drafted, and they yep. got drafted in a decent round. So that's a lot to replace. But, man, Virginia Tech was in in his pants all night. I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, they couldn't block anyone. Their corners, Virginia Tech's corners looked really good. They did. They did. Uh, but I think, yeah, I mean, it just. You can't throw that interception at the end of the game, swirling around, and then just chucking the ball did. up. You can't do that. No, not you, if you want to play in the NFL. Not if you want to give anybody a chance. Because, I mean, that's just, it's not, it's not conducive to what other things, you know, what they are trying to do and what he's trying to build on in a program there. And, I mean, they've gotten some legitimate draft or legitimate recruits lately yeah, since he's have. came in. Some guys that they beat out some other big, big schools. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. So, uh, also, Spencer Rattler, that is a goofy-looking motherfucker at Oklahoma. I mean, he is a weird-ass-looking dude. Oh, yeah. He's like a mix between Brian Bosworth and uh, a ginger. Not a top 25 game, but a team that – Potentially could get into the top 25. Did you watch that Old Miss game the other night? So, yeah, that was – all right, yeah, definitely some stuff to talk about that, too. I think Old Miss – I think Old Miss is going to be good. The problem I have is Lane Kiffin and outworn, outlasting his welcome, right? He, he has a tendency to piss people off in the wrong way. Or yep. so the wrong, I mean, dude, the fact that when he was in at, at Alabama, he macked on Nick Saban's daughter and told her that his name was Joey Freshwater. Great, great story. <laughs> Literally at a college bar, backing on kids who everyone's like, "No, you're Lane Kiffin. You're off the nah, man. My name's Joey Freshwater. I'm buy you a drink. Have you ever had a Bill Cosby?" Well, he also <laughs> pissed people off at USC when he was the head coach yeah. there. So, I mean, look, he got his start because at first, when he was an OC, he had some creative offenses. And I mean, by all accounts, his dad, his dad is one of the most legendary yep. defensive coordinators of all time. So, I think when your dad has a defensive prowess like that. You can run an offensive scheme and offensive things around someone who looks at it, right? Like, I mean, you look at you look at the Ryans, right? Rex Ryan and Buddy, you know, and uh, whatever his fat brother's name is, Rex Ryan and Doug Ryan. Or Ryan. Ryan Ryan? <laughs> yeah, Ryan Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Ryan. All right. Um, but, I mean, their dad was Buddy. They all factored on a defense, which always made me wonder why their offenses weren't better. Now, I get Mark Sanchez, but if you have a defensive-minded coach, he should be able to scheme up offenses that work against good defenses. It would be my thought, but maybe their minds just don't translate that way. So. Right. Well, I think – to go back to Ole Miss a little bit, I think the biggest takeaway for me was Ole Miss looked like a physical football team yeah. in that game. They yeah. looked, they had guys catching the ball and running people over. They did. Um, also, the powder blue, uh, the powder blue uniforms they have with the red and white, I think they're pretty dope with the powder blue helmets. Oh, they're sweet. It's a good looking thing. What about the fact that there was four motherfuckers kicked out of that game for targeting? I mean, I guess that's just football now. It needs to change. It's horrible. A linebacker coming up and making a tackle on a running back who dips his head so you have helmet-to-helmet contact and the linebacker gets kicked out of the game. Horrible. I, I, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool with guys getting kicked out of the game when that shit's a blatant thing. I mean, when they launch somebody and they just try to kill them. Like, I'm cool with that. I understand that's got to be done. I get some defense. I get hits on defensive wide receivers. I understand you can, you can wreck a dude that way. But – if it's not egregious, and like there was one, like the one, in, uh, you know, a couple other games where dudes lower the crown of their head, but they hit the guy in the chest. They hit him in the shoulder. It call it if you get two, like two technicals in basketball, then you're out. Something like that. It can be a penalty, whatever. I'm cool with that, but something needs to be done in the fact that you're throwing these kids out, and sometimes a couple of those guys are going to miss the first half of the next game because yep. they got kicked out of the second half, which is. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen, and it's it's a split section, split second reaction. I just don't. You don't even have time to make the decision about how you're going to hit that guy. No. You have you just go in there. You know what you signed up for. As a wide receiver, you know what you signed up for going go across the middle. the middle. Damn straight. You're going to get smoked. Dude. Now, here's the other <laughs> issue. They're going to call some of those targetings on Ole Miss, and then you have a play 
with Ohio State in Minnesota where that guy absolutely leveled him. <laughs> a defenseless wide receiver got absolutely murdered on the field. And there's no penalty. And listen, I like Ohio State, but let's call it what it is. That's a targeting. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, he he was short of taking his socks off and waving them in the air after Yeah, after exactly. He I mean, that guy. That's what I'm saying. There's no there's no consistency across the game. There, there's not, and I mean that's the hard part. They got to sit down with the rules, rules official. They got to go over some other things. So let's talk about that leading up to the Ohio State stuff. So we got Oregon at Fre- playing Fresno State now. Fresno State not ranked. They put up twenty. It was twenty four to thirty one. The game was a lot closer than what it should yep. have been. I know that K- Kayvon Thibodeau or whatever got hurt, but look, Fresno State's got almost their whole team returning. But at the end of the day, it's Fresno State. I mean, Derek Carr, the Cards aren't playing quarterback there. And right. you're Oregon. You're supposed to be a top 10 talent. And they come into your place in, in typical Pac-12 fashion or Oregon fashion. I mean, they, they gave up points. And oh, yeah. Whoever their coach is, Mario Cristobal or whatever his name is, supposed to be a defensive dude. And, they, I mean, they recruit well. They got money. I mean, oh, yeah. Nike's behind them more than anybody. I mean, they got more colors than a pack of Skittles, you know. Yeah, so yeah like, they do. I don't get that shit, but – I mean, look, looks good for them coming into the horseshoe. I mean, I think their ass is going to get get slaughtered. But um, another Big Ten game. This one was tough to watch. Was Penn State at Wisconsin? Wow, did Penn State look good? Penn State's defense stepped up when they had to step up. Oh yeah. We, the other thing that was interesting is I really liked that running back that Wisconsin had that Masawi or Masui, yep, yep. Clemson transfer. Um, I just I was surprised at how bad. Wisconsin was when they needed to score. I mean, blocked field goals, interceptions at the end, bad plays. In Camp Randall, I've been to I've been to Camp Randall Stadium. It is one of the meanest places to play. Um, literally, the time I was there, people were throwing frozen marshmallows with pennies at them at the opposing the opposing fans. Wow. Yeah, it was to the point where I was like, okay, I'm gonna not come back here ever again. Right. Um, but it it was also, I mean, it was just a slugfest. Sixteen to ten is tough. A lot of field goals, a lot of things late. And the other thing that was interesting is, is when Penn State had to make a play, those guys got wide open. That number five, that wide, that wide receiver, he could be a problem for some people. He's got some speed. Yeah, he does. I mean, I Wisconsin to me, and it's never been this way. Wisconsin to me seemed intimidated. A hundred percent. I think. Yeah, I think it was. It was funny too to see the. I mean, the stunts and the pressure that they were able to get when Wisconsin by all accounts, typically puts out one of the best offensive lines every year, year yeah. in and oh, year yeah. out. I Absolutely. mean, that's what they hang their hat on is big-ass running backs and guys who can move dudes and open up holes. I mean, they're a ball-control team. I mean, they're not they're not going to bomb you over the top. No. You don't see Wisconsin quarterbacks lighting it up in the NFL. I mean, maybe Russell Wilson, but he, yeah. was, a, he was a one-year transfer. So I think that's the last time they won the Big Ten. But kind of one of those things that was just – just kind of ugly. Um, we had another another good game, but on the Sunday night game, Florida uh, Florida State at Notre Dame. I I just can't take Notre Dame seriously. No. until they get into a conference. Uh, I agree with you on on that. I I mean, look, Florida State iced their own kicker. Or that game would have been different. A horrible, horrible decision by the coach. Also, another horrible decision, Brian Kelly. I understand you were trying to make a joke. The joke comes from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their opening season when they had lost every game and they were going into their last game. And the guy asked them, asked the coach, "What do you think about your team's or what do you think about your team's execution?" And he goes, "I'm in favor of it." Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No. Now, with that being said, why why are people mad about it? I just I don't get it. Well, well, here's my problem. He might try to make a joke, but here's the bad problem, Brian Kelly. You killed a kid. A kid died on Notre Dame's practice facility. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, the joke's one thing, but when you've literally had a lawsuit to where a staffer died in a windstorm because you put him up in a video tower and he was killed on the practice field, probably not a great time to be talking about killing kids. Right. But I think also... (laughs) (laughs) I think the media is more mad at him than people are actually mad at him. Oh, 100, 100%. I was mad at the fact that he fucked up the joke and it wasn't even a good joke. I'm like, right. dude, if you're going to get it, at least nail the punchline. I mean... And maybe don't make that joke at the end of the first game of the season. Yeah, you know, after you win, and I mean, coming off Bobby Bowden just dying, I mean, Florida State was definitely playing well because of, because of the fact that they had some things ramped up. Now, look, 
that McKenzie Milton kid, props to him, man. I mean, I thought his leg was done. I thought he was gonna he was gonna be cut off. To come back in that game, played pretty damn well. I, I mean, I could see Florida State making some headway. I think I think they could contend for the ACC. I think there's yeah, gonna be some I think so. I think the ACC is gonna be open. I mean, so let's let's talk about that ACC game. The big one that was on there was was Georgia at Clemson, right? Ten, uh, you know, number five versus number three. By all accounts, probably going to be the best matchup we're going to see all year, maybe till we get, you know, a Georgia-Alabama right. SEC final or something like that if it happens. I could not be more impressed with how good Georgia's defensive line was. Yeah. I mean, my thing with Georgia, their defense is never the issue. Their offense is always the issue. And there is zero offensive touchdowns by either team. Yes. Yeah, it was it was definitely it was definitely ugly. Now I, I think I think Clemson's got some studs on defense. I mean, Brent Venables and all those guys. I mean, they do a pretty good job disguising defenses. I mean, being an Ohio State fan, we've dealt with them in the last two years, one in our favor, one in their favor. That was close. He definitely does some good stuff, but that that DJ Ungalulele, whatever yep, that yeah. fucking yeah, that one that's a big ass motherfucker playing quarterback. Huge. I mean he, he looks like a DN. He, yeah, he does look like a DN. He looked completely flustered and rattled. Horrible. I mean, let's also not overlook the fact that Debo got <laughs> him on an airplane or a helicopter or whatever it was and went over the Clemson Stadium and said, that's where you're going to be throwing touchdown passes. The man didn't throw a touchdown pass. That's that's true. That's true. Now, look, losing Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, that's a lot to lose. I get it. But Alabama lost five first-rounders. Look what they did. Yeah, that's well, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to that thrashing <laughs> in, in, in a minute. Um, yeah, I mean, for Clemson, if I'm them, I, I'm concerned with some of the other talent. I mean, look, Virginia Tech could definitely come up and bite someone. I don't think they're going to win the ACC, but I think they're going to be a lot better than people think. Florida State didn't look bad in a game that they were supposed to lose to Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame was definitely heavily favored in that, but I – I mean, I see Clemson being – I don't think they're in the playoffs because, I mean they, – They're in trouble. They might not have another ranked game on their season the rest of the year unless one of these teams climbs up. And then if that's the case, you may play them when they're ranked. They may fall back out of the top 25 after a couple losses. I I think it's a down year. And, you know, we'll be interested to see because, I mean, you know, Dabo's not somebody who's faced a lot of adversity in his coaching career. He's had pretty immediate success with behind what's been really great quarterback play. I mean, right. Taj Boyd, Deshaun Watson – rapist um <laughs> and uh, and then uh look man it's like michael jackson you know 30 kids say you touched him i'm gonna, I'm gonna eventually it might just be true so, right um but you know hey guilty or innocent until proven guilty whatever um yeah i see them being a little bit a little bit of a concern um so let's talk about alabama because fuck man those dudes are on another level they're filthy i i don't understand i mean Look, I, I understand that Nick Saban's a great coach. And Nick Saban comes from, you know, the whole Belichick tree. Yep. He's been around. He was at Ohio State with Earl Bruce. He's He's had been around a lot of coaches who have had immense amount of success at a high level. I mean, people forget. He was the defensive coordinator for the Browns, and the Browns won 10 games, and Belichick was the coach, and then they all got fired. Yeah. I mean, LSU was legit. Michigan State was pretty good when he was underneath them. Um, I mean – he he's brought some prowess to programs. I mean, Michigan State wasn't great, but they were better than they were. They beat the Buckeyes one year to keep them out of the national championship. LSU was legit under him. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, Alabama lost everything. I mean, they lost their quarterback. They lost three of the best wide receivers I've ever seen. They brought a running back who was a stud. Who knows how many defensive ends, defensive line, offensive line they lost. And those dudes just came out. Now, granted, it's Miami. Miami was a top 15 team, though. I mean – it was like they were playing Bishop Sycamore. They embarrassed them. They had to put away the the turnover chain. <laughs> they, they, they put it away. They, they had to hide it. <laughs> they had to lock the they had to lock the turnover chain up. I mean, first of all, I don't know how I feel about the turnover chain. Kind of dope. I do like the fact that they get a new one every year. That's kind of a big flex. It's super cool if you win games. Not it's, very cool if you pull it out after you're down 21 points. It's kind of a kind of a big flex, but. Yeah, that's true. Look, at the end of the day, if you're down 31 points, like you can't be celebrating a turnover chain. I mean, that's just not fucking happening. Like, no, it's it's absolutely like at, there comes a point in time when it's like stop flexing. It's like the same way I talk in the NFL, dude. You're down four scores. Don't celebrate. Just go back to the bench. A- act like it's your fucking job. I mean, look. The other thing too is, I mean, Miami's one of those teams where I feel like they had their run and their runs over. It's going to be hard for them to come back because they're not they're not 
in Florida, they're not they're not the, the spot to be. I mean, people are going no. to Florida, they're leaving. And by all accounts, I mean, it's a private school, a little bit higher academics and other standards to come in. I mean, but they're run in the 80s, 90s, and early to even early 2000s. I mean, they were a franchise. Oh, yeah, they were, they were monsters. I mean, Ohio State's a phantom penalty call away from Miami going undefeated, being back-to-back national championships without Correct. a loss in two years. I mean, that's insane. Um, but, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I was pissed, too. Jameson Williams, the Ohio State transfer, 99 yards on one touchdown. They were just flying past guys. Yeah. It's They're going to be, once again, they're going to be tough, and I don't even know who Courtney Love, their quarterback, or whoever that dude is. It's like they're not missing a beat. I mean, they're just not I mean, it was it was pretty clear after just the first week, and I know it's just week one, but they look like the best college football team in the nation. Oh, 100%. 100% they did. A um, couple other games, uh, you know, we looked at that, the, you know, their Arizona State got a win for, you know, uh, the fighting Herm Edwards. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Herm, Herm's a different cat. I don't, you know, look, they're not, they're not as... I'm surprised they're, they're not better. Their stadium suite and that campus is dope as hell. It's a That's fun what I was going to say. Talk about a great campus to go to. Yeah, it's fun. Why would you not want to go there? Dude, I've, I, I have spent a lot of time in Tempe, and it is it is something that I'm like, I don't understand why more people don't don't really want to go here. Um, yeah, but let's talk. Uh, let's see here. Got a couple other. All right, let's talk about the big one. So the big game, of course, for me, you know, being in, we're in you know, Columbus located here and all that stuff. Ohio State, number four Ohio State, eventually took care of business against Minnesota, right? So we ended up winning by 14 points, which was right where the spread was. I think reasonably it's a much harder opener than most people gave it credit for. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough. I've played in Minnesota, so I know what that stadium's about, and it's loud, and it was a little bit of a rainy night. Yeah. Um, With all that being said, though, if you want to be one of the best college football teams in the nation, you have to go in there and – and show that. And their defense did not show that. 100% agree. Um, I think I think there were some takeaways that are good. Um, I mean, the fact that both starting cornerbacks were out of the game, that hurts a lot, yep. especially when one of them's a, you know, a senior. Um, but, I mean, we couldn't turn our fucking head around. We had five pass interferences that didn't get called that should have been called. I mean, we were grabbing and holding all night. Like, it was the whole a night. job. I mean, shit. We were on – I mean, it was, it was pathetic. Um, I was – I guess I would say, you know, doing some research – I thought that our defensive line was just going to absolutely eat them. I mean, we should have the best defensive line in the country. I mean, we're projected to have two first-round picks on that. Zach Harrison's up for All-American. <clears throat> We've got the number two and number one recruit are both freshmen at defensive end with, you know, Sack Sawyer and JT. It, but when I went back, I realized that Minnesota returned all four of their offensive linemen. One of those dudes may be the biggest man in the world. Yeah, he's 6'9", 400 pounds <laughs> I from mean, IMG. Yeah, I mean – that that I mean that's that's a monster. Yeah, but one thing I will tell you is Haskell he didn't look good. No, he didn't look great. I think the other thing to that I think about too with Haskell is, you know, how much last year I think he really benefited by having um oh, who is the other defensive end? He's on the Browns now. Um no, no. or Dia, the the other tackle that was there last year. Um the Browns picked him up. Tommy Togiai. Yes, I think I think that allowed them to tee off a little bit more on him. He was, I think, he was getting a lot of space because how good. I mean, y- you can claim this playing offensive line. If you've got a defensive tackle who can eat up double teams, that frees people up really well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That is a fantastic blessing to have on a defensive thing. He, my thing with Haskell though, that kind of was surprising to me was, I went back and watched the center for Minnesota to see how he played. Yeah, and he buried Haskell like. Buried him now, multiple times. Now, I will say this. Those guys, there was something like 60, 65 combined starts or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, they played a lot line. of football together. So, I mean, that's good. And everyone knew Minnesota was going to run it. I mean, they had the Big Ten's best running back until he, Muhammad Ibrahim or whatever, until he literally, his Achilles is done. I watched oh, he's that done. Recoil. recoil. Um, I thought Ohio State looked all right. I mean, the freshman quarterback was rattled to shit in the first half. Yeah. He, he was scared, but look, he's never had a collegiate start. He's never thrown a pass. He got in two games last year, ran for one touchdown, never threw the ball. I think I think one of the blessings that Ohio State has is Ryan Day is one of those coaches who, even if he's behind, he's not concerned. He understands we don't need a touchdown on every play to win this game. Right. We just kind of move the ball, st- steady it down. The one thing that stood out to me is in the first half, I don't know why we weren't running the ball more. 
Should have ran it every single play. I mean, meatball, averaging ten yards a carry. Meatball Williams was throwing dudes. I mean, that stiff arm on that seventy-eight yard run was impressive. Yeah, I I couldn't understand that. Now I get it. You get allured by having Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, the two best wide receivers in the country, on the outside. Everybody's going to want to chuck it up deep. And he he had a couple misses in the first. I thought he settled down pretty good in the second. The thing that I was most impressed about the why I think Ohio State will be one of the teams that's going to be there at the end is how incredibly fucking fast they were. Yeah, they're fast. They're a fast team. And they also have maybe one of the best offensive lines in the nation. Yeah, our offensive line is big. And the fact that our center was out, we still put a guy in there. He had a couple of bad snaps, wet ball, whatever. But, I mean, we still we still kept that pocket relatively pretty damn clean all game. Well, that's the thing C.J. Stroud needs to understand and trust is he has a fantastic offensive line. They're not going to let you get – absolutely smoked back there. No. You don't have any liabilities on that line. No, and in the first half, I was really concerned in the fact that he was rolling out of a clean pocket because he was just nervous. Multiple times. And I'm just like, dude, stay in the pocket. There's no reason you can step up. you got space. So we'll see. I mean, but having five touchdowns of over 50 yards, I mean, that is that is crazy. I mean, Travion Henderson, a freshman, takes a screen pass 67 yards and just is a ghost in corners. Now, look, it's, it's Minnesota. They, they'll win seven games. I mean, yeah. that'll probably be best. They'll be, they'll be bull eligible. They're probably on the rise. I think P.J. Fleck is a good motivator. Um, he's an Ohio guy. He's, you know, he's, I hate P.J. Fleck. Why do you hate him? Not a fan. Played against him in college. Like, he was on the team when he was coaching at Central Michigan? No, he was Western. coaching at Western. Yeah, just, and just an asshole? To me, he was. They beat us, so yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. He's dead to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I can get down with that one. Um, so, I mean – yeah, I, I I was, you know, my thought was, we'll see what happens in the secondary. I think Oregon's going to be a lot bigger chase. I was also, under like, our linebackers were really underwhelming until we put that Simon kid in who was incredibly fast, had a sack, was covering end-to-end. I think there needs to be some kind of scheme rolled up a little bit to figure out, you know, what we have to do. I mean, we go to the drawing board. We'll look at it. I still think we're going to beat Oregon by 14 to 21 points. They're going to have a hard time coming that far east to play yeah, that that's game. Yeah, that's a lot of travel time. And, I mean, the horseshoe's no joke. It's nowhere It's nowhere to, you know, to stint with. I, I don't think it's going to be a full house. I mean, there's 10,000 tickets unsold because they won 160 bucks for this team. And I'm like, bro, like, you you didn't have a year with this. People have concerns about whatever the fuck they have concerns about. And drop the ticket prices and fill the fucking house. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's stupid. Or, you know what, you want to do a good thing, go to the Ohio State um, hospital, the university hospital, and give them to the frontline workers. Tell them, hey, thanks thanks for a hard 24 months. Everyone who wants it gets the extra free tickets. Go on us. Get in there. Get loud. Make it be some goodwill. Get some good pub in the city. Things like that. I mean, shit, send me one. I'll go for free. Wear your mask. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a different topic for a different <laughs> fucking show. Oh, uh, yeah. Whatever. You know, hey, you know, in, in, no, invite, invite Joe Biden. He'll come. He might forget where the game is, but, you know, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I missed my bus or I fell down the stairs. Uh, <laughs> fucking whatever. That's, 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 no, they're here and they're there. So, some let's, other- uh, let's talk about those linebackers, though, for a second. Why is it that Ohio State has such a hard time having good linebackers? So the funny thing is, is you say that, and but then I go back and I look at every year how well it is. I mean, Pete Warner was a second-round pick, and you look at his stats, he gave up one touchdown in two years in pass coverage. But when I watch the film, I'm like, I don't think he – this guy doesn't jump off, jump off the tape for me, but no. NFL scouts were going nuts for him. The problem, I think, is, is that Ohio State typically – has had one linebacker who is incredibly elite and makes up a lot of ground for a lot of people. You got your Shades Ears, you got your Raekwon McMillans, right. you know, you got your uh, Jerome Baker. Uh, I mean, there was a couple years with you know Darren Lee and you know um, oh, he went to the he AJ, went to, was it AJ Hawk? No, AJ that was AJ Hawk, Bobby Carpenter, Schlegel. Those guys were a long time ago. Like the national championship in fifteen, we had we had Darren Lee, we had uh, Joshua Perry. And we had Raekwon McMillan. I mean, that's a stud. All three of those guys went and played in the league for a couple of years. I mean, Raekwon. Yeah, but there's Raekwon's no reason they, they can't have somebody who's an absolute stud who is a monster in the league, and they don't have that. No, and I think I think some of it, too, is injury. I mean, for the last year, you had Justin Hilliard, who was a fifth-year senior. When he got in the game, he flashed. But the dude broke broke his leg three times in college. Right. I mean, that's hard to overcome. I don't I don't understand why. You had this transfer from USC who came in, whatever that guy's name is. Looked like he was supposed to be a stud. Didn't even get on the field. 
I, I don't know what we're doing to cultivate those guys. I think the loss of Luke Fickle, some of those guys are there, but it's on Al Washington. I, I honestly, I think they need to go after James Laurinaitis and bring him in to be a linebacker coach. I, I agree. He would be a stud. He lives in Columbus still. He wants to be here. Hell, get Bobby Carpenter to come in. I don't, I don't know. I mean, we, I was so spoiled my time in college having the car, you know, Bobby, AJ, and then going to James Laurinaitis and all those dudes. I mean, that was just, they were freaks. I, I don't know why. I mean, we can recruit corners like nobody's business. We're getting DNs left and right. I mean, shit. But the other thing to think about, too, that, you know, like we talked about Texas and some of these places. Five out of the last six years in the NFL, the defensive rookie of the year has been from Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, you had the Boses, you had Young, and you had Marshawn Lattimore. I yeah. mean, that's that speaks to kids when they see what they're when they're happening when they're leaving. Now, granted, the Boses, that's a lineage of a family. I mean, their dad is still a brick shit house, Right. And they were stupid good. And, I mean, Chase Young is just – He's a freak. I mean, they just don't make people like that with that body and that ability very often. So, um, all right, man, we got the NFL starts tomorrow. That's exciting. I, I mean, big. And, I mean, other than your obvious teams, any – I mean, you got the Bills, you got the Chiefs, you got the Bucks. I mean, I think the Browns will be pretty good, right? You're, not, you're an avid Browns fan. Yep. Um, I'm excited to watch them play as a Bengals fan. I, you know, can't wait for the season to be over. I'm, <laughs> I just pray that Joe doesn't die this year. Uh, I can't stand the fact that Jamar Chase can't catch a ball in the preseason and he's dropping everything. It looks like a great pick. Yeah. I mean. How do you not take an offensive lineman after your franchise quarterback well, tears his leg off? Dude, how do we not have an indoor practice facility? I mean, let's talk about that. We practice under the freeway overpass. Cincinnati the, has an indoor practice facility. All the MAC schools, the MAC, yes. have indoor practice facilities. I, it's just. It, well, it, that's just, dude, look, it's the same thing I talk about. If you have a restaurant that makes their burgers with a piece of shit and people eat it, why are you going to change the recipe? <laughs> right. Eventually, you got to stop eating the shit burger and people will stop coming. Give me, you got any dark horses in the NFL? Any teams that you think could, could make a make a run that yeah. people may not expect? I would say uh, the Rams. Watch out for the Rams. I think the Rams, yeah, I think the Rams will be interesting. My thing with that is I think Sean McVay sometimes outsmarts himself a little too much. I agree. Uh, but the Rams got a stellar defense. I mean, that defense is going to keep him in games. I think Matt Stafford is a massive upgrade at quarterback. I mean, because here's what you're going to get with Matt Stafford. You're going to get a dude who shows up, who works, he keeps his mouth quiet, and isn't afraid to get out there and give everything. I mean, that dude... He'll stand in the pocket until he gets smoked. Oh, he will get crushed. I mean, that game a couple years ago against the Browns, like, he his leg was blown out, and he yes. went back in and threw the game-winning touchdown pass yeah. against the Browns. Now, the Browns weren't the same Browns they are now. But, I mean, that was shades of, you know... Um, Oh, what's his name from uh, Marshall when he got carried down the field? He's uh, Byron Leftwich. Yeah. Literally shades of that where the offensive lineman is carrying him to throw the ball to do that. I th Excuse me. I think the Rams will be pretty good. Um, I think the Chargers can make some noise if Justin Herbert plays as well as he did. Yeah, the Chargers are going to be good, I think. I think uh, I think the Ravens are fucked. Yeah. Um, J.K. Dobbins hurt a lot. I'm interested to see how the league smarts up to Lamar Jackson. I think eventually they're going to catch that up catch a little bit up to what he can do. They'll play some defenses for him, but it'll be interesting. I think the Steelers are going to be pathetic. I'm also interested to see, like, even from a fantasy perspective, Jameis Winston, like, I mean, the 30-30 man himself. <laughs> he'll be – I mean, he'll be good. He's around good coaches. Yeah, I mean, I think Sean Payton's not going to be as much of a risk-it-for-the-biscuit kind of guy as Bruce Arians was. Right. But – I mean, I, to me, though, I think there's going to be a lot. I mean, out west is going to be the best division. I mean, with the 49ers, seeing what they can do, I mean, I don't know who their quarterback is going to be. Trey Lance has had some flashes that he's yep. looked pretty good. That defense out there, that D-line can kill some people. I think Arizona's made some really good upgrades. It depends on what Kyler Murray can do and is Cliff Kingsbury really the guy. Seattle's going to be pretty pretty legit. Yep. I mean, you've, you've got a lot of talent, so that's going to be a division that's going to be something to watch for. But, I mean, then the problem you're going to have is you still got the bottom barrel. I mean, Houston's a, a trash show. Yeah, they're they're going to win four games this year. I, th I think, you know, the Patriots, I don't think they're – I think they're a 500 team. The Bills Which should, would be a good year for them. Yeah, the, the rookie quarterback. The Bills should run away with that division. The Dolphins, we'll see. I mean, I think they're trending in the right direction, but they're still the Dolphins. I also think that one of the teams that is going to make some noise, and I don't think they're going to win a division by any means or make the playoffs, but they're going to be – Way better than they've been is the Jets. I think the Jets are going to be good this year. I think I think the Jets could be a lot better. I'm interested to see you know what that quarterback does, how they move. I'm also interested to watch the Red, uh, the, the Washington football team. Excuse me. Um, yeah, be careful over there. Yeah, I mean, geez, you know they were only one team name for 34 of my years on this planet. Um, Washington football team is better than the Cleveland Guardians, though. 
Yeah, I mean, dude, they should have been the Cleveland BBCs. I mean, I don't understand why they weren't the baseball club. Makes complete sense to me. That logo draws itself. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, dude, Washington's gonna Washington's defense is gonna give them a chance. That defensive line is nasty. Oh, they're sweet. Is nasty, and we'll see what Fitzpatrick can do. I mean, I'm not sold on him. I mean, Fitzpatrick's not a playoff winning quarterback. He's 95 years old. He he literally, and, and not only that, it looks like he fell asleep in the woods for the last 25 years. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, he probably has ticks in his beard. That's <laughs> that's you know, I you know, so I think there's some interesting things uh, to go along with those type of items. But I mean, all in all, I'm excited, man. We were glad to have you on today. Yeah. Um, appreciate you joining. We'll have to do this again next week after one, some uh, other games. One last question for you. Yeah. Give me your top four in college football. Oh, after I think this the, week. Uh, I think I think your number one team is Alabama, hands down and out and away. Um, I mean, number two without being unbiased. Um, I moved Georgia up to number two. Mm-hmm. I think they got the best win. Clemson's no joke. Um, Ohio State, and then if I'm looking at this, um, your fifth ranked team. I mean, I have a hard. I have a hard time moving Oklahoma to number five. I put them more at six or anything like that. I mean, Clemson's got to drop a little bit more. I mean, I guess I would probably say, you know, right now, looking at the wins, uh, you know, I'd probably, I'd probably drop Oklahoma, Oklahoma to number five. I mean, they did win. They okay. just didn't look impressive. I mean, I think that's your top five. I think some teams that are going to get some pub. UCLA's going to go way up. Yeah. I would I, say my top four right now are probably – Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think Clemson would beat Oklahoma if they went face to face. I think some teams will. There'll be some teams. I mean, look, I think Cincinnati's going to get some pub. I think they're going to make some names. They beat. They beat Notre Dame. Is it next weekend or when they play? I think you could almost bump. I say bump Cincinnati to five this week. Let yeah. them play Notre Dame. See what happens if they beat Notre Dame. They stay there. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll definitely be interesting to see what they do. I mean, there's going to be a lot of movers and shakers as the you know season comes up. I mean. After the Oregon game, I mean, it's going to be a whole lot of nobody's playing nobody's yep. until Alabama schedules the Citadel one week before Auburn because, you know, mm-hmm. that fucking makes sense. But, you know, all in all, dude, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting year. Um, hopefully it's good to have football back fans in the uh, stands, and we'll see where it goes from there, my man. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, man, well, I appreciate you joining us today, and uh, we're glad to have you on. Once again, my name's Dick Nixon, and this is Haters Below Par Podcast. Till next time, jabronis. <laughs>